Welcome to Wilma's Podcast. This is the podcast for anyone who wants to stay current on topics of interest in occupational and environmental medicine. Wilma is the Western Occupational and Environmental Medicine Association and a component of ACOM. We have designed these Wilma podcasts to be a tool and a benefit for Wilma members, as well as anyone interested in learning more about worker and environmental health. I'm your host today, Dr. David Coretto, and we are delighted to have you join us. The Wilma Education Committee members involved in the planning of this session and today's speaker have no relevant financial relationships to disclose. As practitioners of occupational and environmental medicine, we speak the language of risk assessment and risk communication, public health measures for safe workplaces, and business continuity based on health and productivity framework. It became apparent to us in the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic that an information gap existed between reasonable public health strategies to keep populations safe and the employer community who sought this information from various and at times contradictory sources. Recognizing the role that occupational medicine clinicians could have in bridging this information gap and acknowledging the hardships that the COVID pandemic has had on employers both large and small, the WOMA Legislative Committee began discussion around the question, what should employers do when more and more of their workers contract COVID-19? Today, we are glad to be joined again by Dr. Paul Papanak, lead author of a newly released WOMA guidance document titled, Workplace COVID-19 Outbreaks, Suggested Actions by Employers and Workers' Compensation Carriers. Sourced with the latest evidence, this document provides practical steps employers can use to prevent COVID-19 outbreaks in the workplace. Dr. Papanak is a graduate of UCSD Medical School and completed both his family medicine residency and his MPH degree at UCLA. He is board certified in occupational medicine and served as a public health chief for Los Angeles County Health Department for nine years, as chief of occupational medicine at Kaiser Hospital in Los Angeles for 15 years, and recently as public health medical officer with Cal OSHA and has served on the WOMA and ACOM boards. Dr. Pakpanek, welcome to today's WOMA podcast. Thank you, David. Good to be with you. So this document, Workplace COVID-19 Outbreaks, Suggested Actions by Employers and Workers' Compensation Carriers, is a wonderful evidence-based read covering occupational transmission of COVID-19, issues of potential employer liability during a pandemic, and suggested actions by employers and carriers to prevent COVID-19 outbreaks in the workplace. Can you give us some insight into the origins of this paper? You know, we saw in, both in California and elsewhere in the nation that lots of workplaces were having dreadful outbreaks of COVID where, you know, it wasn't just one or two cases. There were dozens, in some cases, scores, and in some cases, even hundreds of cases of COVID in places like meatpacking plants and prisons and fruit packing operations and warehouses and others. And there, there is the great guidance from, from the CDC on, you know, what to do about COVID, we didn't hear any voices saying, what do you do when there's, when there's an outbreak, when you keep having more and more cases? And it's pretty clear, what, what do you do when it's, it's pretty clear that just having the usual things, you know, face coverings and distancing are just not solving the problems. Not hearing those voices in, in WOMA said, we, we've, got to, we've got to write a paper. We've got to start listing the steps and, make, and making a playbook for what else employers can do and, and how should they how should they come at this? And then of course, we, as we just as we began that, it turns out that the California Department of Public Health put out a very nice guidance document uh, in the in the fall, in the late fall, 
And then, of course, as we were nearing completion, the uh, Kalosha uh, Emergency Temporary Standard, the Kalosha Standard on COVID came out. But we still felt that there was, there was a need to make a, a concise list, kind of a helpful playbook. So that's what this document represents. It, it represents the steps that employers can take when you need to go beyond the basics. Thank you for that overview on uh, the discussions and the background that led to this. Um, what does this document add to the discussion and the guidance already promulgated by agencies such as CalOSHA and others? Well, first of all, we have a discussion about if employer is facing a COVID outbreak, our, our hearts go out to them and to their, to their workers and to the families, because this is a, it's a huge problem, a huge burden that this pandemic puts on employers. But having said that, they have liability when COVID comes to visit. And uh, so we talk about the fact that they've got some work comp liability and the fact that they're, if working with their insurance carrier, they really probably can bring down uh, their costs for workers comp. Plus, obviously, they want to have business continuity and they want to protect their, their workers. Uh, our document uh, talks a bit about uh, some specifics about how CalOSHA regs um, apply because the CalOSHA regulation is, is complicated. And also there's some uh, other liabilities under the EEO, Equal Opportunity Employment Related at Maintaining Confidentiality. So recognizing that employers have a headache with, with COVID, some legal things, we, 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 just, we make a list of, of steps that maybe they thought of, but maybe they haven't. Among the earliest ones are that employers are going to have a tough time dealing with this if they don't engage a medical professional to work with them. Now, in the OSHA world, lots of OSHA standards already require employers to have a medical officer working with them, an employee health service, if perhaps their insurance carrier can work with them. But um, I think the first lesson is that get some help and a medical person is going to help you a lot, and you're going to have uh, fewer headaches if you, if you go, down that, go down that road. Well, in my review of the document, that's what really struck me, is it really does bridge this gap between what is theory and what our large national and regional agencies are telling employers, but then also translates that in a way that's very digestible for someone who may not be an occupational medicine physician, or even in the medicine space. It, it does give them very practical tips that they can reflect on, speak with their occupational health and safety representative, and really implement quickly into the workplace. Along those lines, what are some specific key recommendations for employers to prevent outbreaks occurring in the workplace? So, and thank you for those, those kind words. I mean, I think the document does do that. It's, it's readable, it's useful, it's user-friendly. Well, the basics still apply. One of the things that employers really should do, even if they don't yet have an outbreak, is they, they really need a, pl a COVID plan. So you, it really helps to, for, for employers, both large and small, to sit down and make a list of the things that they have to do. And so we, we make an outline of the things that need to be in that plan, who's responsible for implementing it, uh, there's some, you know, some basic things like HR policies. You really do have to figure out how you're going to incentivize your workers not to come to work sick, don't have crossed incentives, which also means that you, you want to create incentives for, employer, for your employees to tell you when they've been diagnosed with COVID, God forbid, or when they've had exposures to COVID and they may be a risk to others. So those basic things are still on the table, a written plan that says how you're going to organize your incentives, 
And uh, some people work from home of distancing, some staggered shifts, if that's going to work, how you're going to do the cleaning of common spaces. And then beyond that, the next steps are once you start to have COVID cases, then you, are, you have a whole new set of problems, which is you're going to have people in your workplace. And by the way, this is true. Even let's say you've got a workplace where you've got a half a dozen people you know have COVID, but they didn't get it in your workplace. Maybe they got it from family gatherings. Well, you still have a problem because the fact that those workers might have been in your workplace means that their coworkers are at risk. And so you've, you've now got to wrestle with issues like uh, isolation, uh, which is what happens if you actually have COVID. How long do you, do you stay away and who, who decides that? You can certainly rely on the individual's personal physician to give you that information, but that's, that's tougher than if you have your own physician working with you on that. What about the duration of quarantine if someone gets exposed? And then there's some things that I think we, we haven't seen uh, elsewhere, which is that you really may need to step up things like reporting to the local health department. And employers probably aren't that familiar with working with the health officer in their jurisdiction. And that's why that also can be something that the physician helps them with. They actually may need to go to the step of providing respirators. And frankly, we know more and more that COVID is spread through the air a lot. Even if, even if most of the time it's close droplets, it spreads through the air in lots of workplaces. And it, it is somewhat burdensome, but it's not impossible to say, we're going to have to put a respirator program in place for a period of time. And if you get to the stage where you still have cases, then you're going to need to think about, do we assist employees with COVID testing? Do we get people tested? Who screens the results when they come back? How do you keep those results confidential while still sharing risk information with your workforce? So those are things that you're going to have to do. And frankly, at some point, and we hope this doesn't happen very often, but at some point, some businesses have found it necessary to temporarily suspend all operations to get things under control. So that's sort of a, a short version of the, of the list that we provide. And in summary to that list, um, it sounds like there's definitely some tiering in that there are certain things that everyone should be considering and thinking about implementing at a very base level when there's no outbreaks or no cases in the workplace and uh, things that they should do as, as case numbers potentially accelerate, whether they are coming from the community or in the workplace, all in the hopes of trying to prevent that disastrous outcome leading to a workplace shutdown. That's right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And what really employers will need to do, and they'll probably need some help, and they can get this help. By the way, their, their workers' comp insurance carrier, many work comp carriers have lost control services that include medical consultation. So if your workers' comp carrier can give you some of these, some of this help, that's terrific. And they'll be motivated to do that in some cases because it, it may decrease the COVID cases they'll have to cover. But the idea that as things go along, you have to keep saying, what's the risk level today? Is it, are we, are we making progress? We have seen, sadly, frankly, in my view, too often, employers say, well, I'm, I'm doing everything. You know, I'm, I've got the, the barriers up and everybody's washing their hands and face coverings. Everybody's got their face coverings. And yes, I still have cases, but what else can I do? Well, that's not the right answer. I mean, you, you, you keep saying, if you're not winning the war against your COVID outbreak, you got to take some more steps. 
And so really that just speaks to the vigilance of monitoring their own um, employee health and safety program. Along those lines, what are some things in your opinion that employers should be doing, but still at this stage of the COVID pandemic are not? Let me say, I, my view, uh, and this came from my many, many months of, of uh, working with, with the Kalosha. I've retired from Kalosha uh, recently, but m- most employers are, are, are hustling and doing what they need to doing with, and that's terrific. There are some bad actors out there who are not doing what they need to do. And uh, we have seen that some employers even are reluctant to cooperate, say, with the local health department, which is a, a darn shame. Um, but considering if you need to, assisting with testing, in some cases, respirators, and, and again, bringing a physician in-house to help coach your, your work staff about, about when they can come back to work and when they need to stay away. There's opportunities there. Now there's this document that has gone into press and it can be freely sourced and widely circulated. How do you suggest that this guidance document be circulated to employers and workers' compensation carriers? Well, I think we're going we're gonna to try to broadcast this pretty widely and I'd, I'd love to see copies get out to the, the workers' comp uh, community in California. Uh, I think uh, public health folks uh, might find it helpful as well. And if any of the listeners on this call, uh, go onto our website, please download the document, circulate it like crazy. We'd love to see people become aware of this. I, I, I think it's actually, I haven't seen anything quite like this on, on the national stage either. So I think it's, it, it may have some lessons and some use for places even outside California. Here's a big picture question. What are the main thematic takeaway points? All right. Well, I think the main thematic takeaway point is if you have a COVID outbreak, you have to do more. You can't just be satisfied with the basics. You'll probably want to hire or engage work side by side with uh, medical experts. Occupational medicine is a great, I mean, that's kind of what we do in occupational medicine, but you may find that you can work with other public health experts and or infectious disease experts, and that's terrific. Secondly, I think don't be satisfied until you get this wrestle to the, to the ground. A message to employers and to their, and to their work comp carriers. Another thing I might add is, although the paper's focus is on California employers, the recommendations are universal regardless of state lines. And, you know, hopefully this provides a national playbook that employers, large and small everywhere, can reference. If an employer wishes to remain open for business and prevent illness and injury among their employees and the general public, these steps are a reasonable framework to achieve that goal. Dr. Papanak, you're always one to provide occupational environmental medicine a memorable rallying cry. Do you have any parting thoughts? Yeah, you know, this, well, COVID has kind of opened our eyes about, about a lot of things. And, and one is that, you know, we, we still don't have public health and workplaces joined together very well in this country. For example, if you ask the question, well, we, we, we count COVID cases, we count COVID hospitalizations, and of course, sadly, we count the deaths. But if you ask the question, among the workers who get COVID or who get hospitalized or who die from COVID, what's, what, what can we say? We really don't have that data. So we, don't, we, need, we need really better surveillance of, of infectious diseases generally. And that is something I know the CDC is, is, waking, is waking up to. And the second big message is, it's, it's so obvious to those of us who've been in this business that 
that COVID needs medical care in the workplace. Now, our, our listeners may know that in other parts of the world, and for example, the European Union has a directive, that's how they that's how they kind of carry out their policies. They have a directive for all of the EU that every worker in the EU shall have the benefit of occupational medicine services. That's what the EU, now they, they haven't fulfilled that completely, but that is their policy and it's their goal. We don't have that in the United States and we really should. I mean, the idea that, and we've, we certainly have seen this with COVID, Every American worker who has some possibility of, of risks and risk mitigation and even opportunities for wellness, we should be able to get occupational medicine services to the American worker. And that is, boy, that is a rallying, a flag that I hope that our listeners can rally behind. Thank you, as always, for your thoughts, Dr. Papanak. On behalf of the Wilma Education Committee, the Wilma Board of Directors, and myself, I want to sincerely thank our speaker, Dr. Paul Papanak, for joining us today for a riveting discussion on the latest Wilma guidance document titled Workplace COVID-19 Outbreaks, Suggested Actions by Employers and Workers' Compensation Carriers. For our listeners, if you are interested in reading the paper in full on the Wilma website, we'd like to direct you to www woema.org and encourage occupational medicine clinicians to share widely with their employers and carriers that they may work with. We want to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would like to invite you to explore more of our episodes. You can find our library of podcasts on the WOMA website at www.woema.org. And we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel at your favorite site for podcast listening. You will be notified as new episodes become available. Topics could include the latest clinical update, emerging treatments in medicine, or topics in public and environmental health. Stay tuned and don't miss out. Until next time, be well.